We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. So the LA Rams will be the number two seed. They finish 13 and 3, a 13 win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. This time I have you. Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every man go dominate. Boys, Offense, defense, special team. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. We're back again with our 21st episode of 2019. This is Derek C. Apollo with Michael Stewart, the former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, in case you have forgotten. We're going to hear tonight to dig into some Rams free agency options. We're also going to look at you know, what they're going to do right now with the guys they got. Those are the two things. Before we get there, first, first things first, man, Mike, you've had a busy Busy week, brother. How's it going? How you feeling? 
hey, man, I'm feeling blessed, man. Uh, we, we're getting through this packing, and so uh, we're about halfway home with three, four days ago. So we're we're good to go. But, man, we've uh, had a lot of rain out here, and so that's been good for, for the rain. Not so good for the detailing business, but it's been good for the body. A little rest here and in between. So, man, I'm excited to get in here with you. So, you know, you can't see it right now, but we're looking right now into – Mike's new office, okay? And he used to record in like his living room or somewhere in the house. It was always a little bit, but it's quieter now. You can tell in the pride in his face right now. I've been kind of hinting subtly over the last couple of months, hey, get in a quieter place. Get in a quieter place. There he is. I can't pick on you for that anymore. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it. It's, <laughs> it's obvious, man. When you, you know, you got to move up with the big boys. You got to get the right stuff. And when you oh, do, you sound he's like got, a professional. And he's got the new mic. It's been a running joke on our show for the last couple of years when I had all my mic problems that, that uh, got to get the right mic, got to get the right mic. And he went out and rolled out and got himself a mic. It looks beautiful. That's the best we've heard him sound. So we're ready to roll tonight, folks. It's a new, it's a new mic here. Ready to go. <laughs> so before we get knee-deep in today's show, we do want to remind you that we are available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker. You can also find our podcast listed on Clutch Points. They are our new partners now. Um, they have an awesome app that puts loads of NBA and NFL information at your fingertips. So check them out at clutchpoints.com or download the app. And hopefully sooner or later we'll get our own app for crying out loud. Don't forget to subscribe or and or leave a five-star review over on iTunes or anywhere else you find us. I mean, just if they have the opportunity to review us anywhere or subscribe, it really helps us out to get us up the rankings. Rampage Radio and Butting Heads are the other shows on our network and soon – Norm will have his new show that will focus down, will focus on breaking down film. Well, I'm excited for tonight. I can't, I'm getting my words all out of place because I'm so excited. And one more thing, we do want to address it right away. We lost a sponsor this week, uh, and we want to say thank you to Sal over at the Gold Rams Barber Shop for everything that he has done for us over the last two years. Uh, the, the man is renovating his shop and wants to make it <laughs> even more Ramsey. <laughs> If you can't, if that was possible, he's putting in new pictures, new everything, and actually needed to hire a guy. So uh, he couldn't sponsor us this year. We're sad to lose him. The guy's been one of our biggest supporters over the course of uh, our first two years sponsoring the, uh, this podcast, and it's meant a lot to us. So thank you, Sal. Thank you for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it, and, uh, you know, you'll always be a part of our family here. So thank you. Okay, uh, Mike, here we go. Free agency. It starts officially March 13th. You know, word will start leaking out sooner than that. That players have reached agreements with their new teams or trades. We've already heard of one now. Uh, Joe Flacco going from the Ravens to the Broncos. So things are starting to happen behind the scenes. The Rams have roughly $28 million to play with this offseason, which is less than last year, but they're probably going to cut a couple players. John Sullivan's in an option to be cut. Uh, we know Mark Barron will probably be cut. That'll push the number to around $38 million, which is where we were last year. So let's start by making a couple assumptions. First, I think LaMarcus Jordan will be gone. I'm not sure how you feel about that. I'll get that in a second. Second, Roger Saffold may not be back. With those things in mind, where would you start in the free agent market this year? 
Well, man, you know, the, the, the great thing about free agency in, in the new year, the end of the year is, you know, again, as you already know, to get started for the next year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where they feel the money should be spent. Uh, you know, obviously the offense was pretty stellar. I think we still need a deep threat, uh, consistent deep threat. Uh, but it's kind of hard to tell with the fact that Cooper Cuff was out. Nevertheless, uh, defensively, we could lose a number of players depending on who wants to sign or maybe take a pay cut, uh, things like that. But we all know that you want to have good bodies, uh, up front. We have that. And then, you know, it typically moves to the secondary. So my assumption would be something is going to have to happen with the secondary piece. So yeah, that that's where I'd probably look first. So your first thought is, okay, the secondary, the secondary is very unique in that it has, in terms of cornerbacks, you're fairly set for next year. You are you don't have to get rid of Tlaib. Tlaib, you can cut and save some money, but I don't think you want to cut him. He's affordable. He's He he made that defense so much better when he was healthy last year. I don't think you want to cut him. Uh, you're going to have Marcus Peters back for his fifth year. I don't think you're going to extend him now. You're going to try and wait and see how he performs in his last year there before you try and extend him. And then... John Johnson has a contract coming soon, but not right away. The key thing is, is free safety. The Rams have, in, in the past, they've really tried to solve safety holes within. They rarely draft a safety. Like, you know, if they do, it's later. They develop them, and they, they let them go. They did it with McLeod. They did it with Otagway years ago when he wasn't a fit. And it's just been a traditional thing at safety. Now, the thing with Lamarcus Joyner is he's so versatile, but he costs so much at this point. I don't see how they keep him. And that's why I say that's an assumption. Is there a chance that he'll work there? Or is the money better spent elsewhere and they should go out and get a safety? And this, this draft is deep. Yeah, I, I think it always comes down to you would rather go with the players you have if if you like that guy. He's been a good guy in the locker room, on the field, in the building, as we would say. You want to keep the cohesiveness of the unit. The thing is, with the free agency aspect, as a player, you always want to feel you're getting compensated for what your worth is. Now, that's always relative. You know, it's like buying a house. Mm-hmm. What may be worth you know, million dollars to me may not be to someone else or someone else. It may be worth more. So if you're just trying to maximize your dollars as a player, that can be good, but it's also dangerous. You know, we've all heard and we see guys who are great players switch teams. And then for some reason, the scheme doesn't really quite fit them. Uh, locker room doesn't really quite fit them. And so it's not a real good fit. So if I'm uh, Mr. Joyner, because uh, he got he played in the franchise tag this past year, right? Yeah, which means he's he paid. made he made some he made some good money. So you got to start looking at how much money do you really need or want to make? Obviously, people want to make as much as they can before they get out of this this situation. But you also want to look at longevity, where 
you can actually still play at a high level. And maybe it's a few dollars off the top, but we know at the L.A. market, the new stadium coming, there should be tremendous opportunities off the field as well. And that's where you kind of start looking at longevity after you leave the game. Uh, But at the same time, you know, if a team says, you know, if it gets to ridiculous numbers that they're way off and, you know, he thinks maybe he's a 10 million a year, whatever it is, and they think he's only five. Well, that's that's a big gap. So then it comes down to, hey, they're not even trying to get closer in the ballpark. Well, obviously, I got to go somewhere else. So. It'll definitely come down to negotiation. But my first thing is, if you have an opportunity and you've played in a good system, it's probably best to just stay put. Well, that would be great. But then we have other holes to fill. And I can't, and I don't know that the Rams can really pay him what he even feels he's worth. I, I mean, that's that, that's a, that's also a saffle, by the way. We'll get the saffle, but under the under the the franchise tag, the guy made over $10 million this year. I'm going to look, look up his spot track real quick. But and I'm hoping they, they – last I looked, they had not updated the market values yet for um, for the the current the, the contract and what he's worth. I'm hoping that's out now. Let me check real quick here. I apologize. For, I didn't think I'd need it. Now I do. Um, he made $11.287 million last year under the franchise tag. He's marketed. Spot Track has his current annual salary value at ten point six million. So that would tell you he didn't live up, live up to the contract, but he's worth the money. So, can the Rams afford to pay him ten point six million a year? Again, that's that's going to be you know the big question uh, because that's where the capologists and the GMs make their money now is being able to, along with the head coach and whoever's the scouting department, all those good people, is where do we now take this bucket of money and how do we divvy it up? And so that's where the hard choices come. Uh, Obviously, if you can find a guy in the draft, obviously he's going to be playing on a rookie contract, but he's a rookie. So you have to live and and die with, you know, how fast this – rookie can acclimate himself to the NFL level of play, the consistency, you know, learning the defense, all those things, and especially playing that position. You somewhat have to be uh, a coach out there, a DC on the field, if you will. You got to get people set up, especially your secondary, things like that. So a lot goes into it, but absolutely, it's going to be a numbers game. And, you know, you got to also be preparing for the future. You know, you got, uh, Mr. Golf coming up. And so mm-hmm. all these things play into, and that's why I think we would all agree that last year was like, man, a prime opportunity to try to get a Super Bowl because you just don't know with the cap who got, who a team wants to pay, who leaves by free agency, who comes in. You know, your team next year could be totally different in the sense of makeup and just camaraderie and all those things and even playing ability. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough decision. But the Rams probably, if it's my guess, they're probably not going to want to pay him at that that rate again, especially, you know, last year worked because, hey, we're making the Super Bowl run. This year they're probably going to say, oh, 
well, we can get something. And that's the numbers game is going to be year in and year out. Well, they may just decide to play the market, too, because there are a lot of quality safeties on the market this year, and it's a, it's a deep safety draft. So we know last year's safety class for free agency, it took a while for those guys to sign. The market was not what they thought it would be. And in a lot of ways, he kind of made off like a bandit because he didn't have to deal with that competition in the market at all, which, you know, he just got paid the money. This time around, it's possible, in my view, that his market value could drop based on the fact that it's flooded right now. You're going to have uh, 33-year-old Glover Quinn. We're going to talk about him later. He's out there. Earl Thomas is out there. Older guy, 30-31, uh, who may be worth taking a cheaper risk on for on a one-year deal to get him to stay. Uh, I can also then look at the draft. It's got a, a big class there as well. I really think that at this point that it may be worth the Rams letting him go, seeing what happens, and maybe working on some other things. And if Joyner's still around and can still make it work later, maybe he'll sign a one- or two-year deal kind of as a, okay, you know what, you didn't prove you were a franchise player last year. Here's another shot to prove it this year. Yeah, no doubt. I I think that – you know, you gave off some good names. You know, I think Earl Thomas, obviously, when you're coming off injury, it's always what level are you actually going to be able to play at? And then, you know, when is he going to be full speed? Obviously, if he's anywhere near what he's been, that would probably be a steal. And I would think at this time, coming off an injury, you should be able to work a pretty good deal uh, with, with uh, Earl Thomas. Uh, but you never know because he's now been injured. The whole thing about trying to sit out or get his money was to try to lock in some long term. But Earl, again, he's made some good money with Seattle as well. And maybe a change of scenery, a fresh look. Obviously, I would think if I, I'm him, I look at the Rams and go, oh, this is this is going to be a good team. Should be in the playoffs. Again, barring certain injuries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot to, to, to think about. And he probably also has a little bit of a bone to pick with, with Seattle. I think he'd love the opportunity <laughs> to play against no Seattle twice a year, especially after oh, no how things went down. I would think possibly with Earl Thomas, this could fly under the radar a little bit. Everybody's saying he's going to the 49ers. I would hate that, by the way. But I, why wouldn't you want to go to the Rams? You'll be a contender. You'll be on a contender right away. You'll be on a team that focuses on team, and you'll be on a team that, over the last two years, for the most part, has taken care of their players. So I don't see how it would be a problem at all to say, you know what, let me go there on a one-year prove-it deal, and then maybe send an assignment for two or three years of decent money. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, would be no, a chance to no win for doubt, Super Bowl. No doubt. But, you know, uh, you, you figure the whole Legion of Boom, him and, and Richard Sherman kind of got that thing going. So yeah. I don't know how tight they are off the field, but if that's a high likelihood of Frisco, I would say, well, they're probably pretty tight. And, you know, Sherm's been there this year, and, and obviously he knows how they practice and how they treat their guys. 
he may be telling him, hey, man, this is the best place. It's way better than Seattle. We thought that was good, but this is way better. You know, and that says a lot with a player. You know, we kind of seeing that playing out with this whole Anthony Davis thing in the NBA. You know, guys on other teams talk to each other, and they tell the good and bad and, and, and in between. Whoa, 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 whoa. Careful, uh, careful, careful, careful. You're talking tampering. <laughs> it's tampering. Right. Or is it only tampering when the Lakers do it? Yeah, I know. That's crazy, right? <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. I went off tangent there, guys. Sorry. I know it's yeah, exactly. podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it's definitely going to be uh, some questions to ask. It'll be interesting to see what direction, you know, they take uh, because they may say a focus. You know what? We, we'll take some hits on defense. We figure we'll be a 35 a point game. Hey, Coach Phillips, you only need to hold them to 21. So when they take that kind of approach, they're willing to, hey, we may not feel maybe all the necessary holes we may feel on defense. We figure what we have, we can consistently hold teams of 14, 21 points. Hey, offense, you say you can score 28, 35 a game, then we're going to be fine. We'll put the money. So it becomes a little bit of a chess game. And seeing on where the money goes, who the money goes to, who the guy comes in, you know, all these things and the relationships that these GMs have with these agents slash to the players. Mm -hmm. So uh, but I think the Rams have a great track record of how they treat. I think word is getting out. And again, Mm -hmm. you still got a new stadium coming. So there's a lot of pluses to being in L.A. Well, the other thing too at safety, I, I, you know, it's kind of weird that the plan today was actually to focus on linebackers, and we we've zeroed on safety first. I mean, honestly, I'll be fair, guys. I assume Lamarcus Joyner is gone, but the course discussion here, we've at least given it some consideration. I still think he's gone, and I think it's also fair to talk about some guys who'll be out there. I look at this and go, well, you know what? Blake Countess has been on that roster for a while now. Can he fill that void? As a guy who can not be a superstar back there, but who will do the job. He's done a good job in the limited time he's had in the field. And is it possible, again, like you mentioned, Earl Thomas? What if they hey, what if they go get Earl Thomas for a year and draft his backup in the third round or so? And draft the guy who can step in they can develop as a starter? It's, I, I don't necessarily know they don't already have a solution here figured out. I really, it, to me, safety. It, I just don't see, Mike, I don't see how they keep Joiner. I just don't. Well, you know, what you're talking about from a dollars and cents, it doesn't, you know, pass the, the paper test, if you will. You know, if it doesn't work on paper, it doesn't work. And so, yeah, a lot of that goes into that. And again, how is the deal structured? That has a lot to do with it as well. And so... We just kind of have to and and we kind of I think would would love to see this or we might love to see that. But this is where, you know, this is where the GMs and the scouting departments now are going to earn their money is figuring out who's out there, who's available. Uh, Typically on any day, I I guarantee, you know, I accidentally walked in. uh, I think it was probably my third year at the Rams. Jack Faulkner was our, I think he, yeah, he was kind of our head of scouting, kind of GM guy. I accidentally walked in and, and you see this big board and it has every player at every position and you go, oh, wow. So 
I'm sure they're on the board right now, you know, moving names around, seeing what fits, seeing what changes they feel like they're going to make. I'm pretty sure they're going to start with home, you know, talk with his agent and see where they can kind of maybe come to some middle ground. Uh, but yeah, you're right. For a guy his age, feel like he's he's done well. You know, he's probably going to want, you know, top billing and being the fact that what he played for last year, he's probably not going to want to take less. And so, yeah, there's a high likelihood. But I, I think the guy that's, you know, backing him up, you know, that's the thing. You, you got a guy back there that's learning and, and you hope that if your number one guy isn't there, the next guy steps up and, and starts to get his opportunities and, and make plays. Well, that. That also takes us to the other guy who's doubtful here. And I actually think the Rams have a better chance at getting him back, and that is Roger Saffold. They're on the offensive line. He has been a rock over the course of the last couple years especially, which is weird because during his first couple years as a Ram, first few years as a Ram, the question was, will he even stay healthy? A lot of Rams fans wanted him gone. They wanted him out. And then... Roger Saffel comes in there after the whole Oakland thing. And okay, so for many Rams fans who were jumping on at post post the move back to LA, Roger Saffel, when he became a free agent the first time around, uh, was originally let go by the Rams. They didn't release him, but his, they weren't going to re-sign him. They, he wasn't going to take their original contract. He signed a deal with Oakland. Okay, um, and when he signed that deal with Oakland. It was it was going to be a huge loss for the Rams' offensive line. Then Oakland canceled the contract. Canceled the contract, okay, and it was about his shoulder. It's just about his shoulder right now. So the Rams brought him back. They signed him. They signed him at a a, a nice deal. It was the the deal he's off, he's finishing off of right now. Is five years, $31.34 million, a $5 million sign bonus. The average salary is 6.2. He finished all the time with the Rams, making $7.9 million a year. Okay. And now the question is now that he's become a, in that second deal, become one of the best guards in the game right now, how much can the Rams keep him for? How much can the Rams afford to keep him for? And that's a really big question that I'm not sure we have any answer to. Do you? Well, you know, again, what do we do? What do we know about the quarterback? And what do we know about the offense? If I were to just say, where would they put the money? I would bet they would put it in the O line. So if it came down to having Big Roger back or losing uh, Mr. Joyner, my 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 initial thought would well they would probably go offensively to make sure Jared Goff stays up, make sure Gurley is running through, uh, you know, and you got a guy who's who's done done well. So again, cohesiveness in the line play, you know, I would assume that's going to be something they they would probably lean more towards. Well, just to give a point of view here, last year he was ranked, hold on one second here, 25th in the league 
in terms of salary for guards. 25th. That is not market value for him. He's probably a top 10 guard right now. Okay, at 10th, TJ Lang in Detroit's making $9.5 million a year. David DeCastro and Kyle Long in Chicago are making 10 a year. So I have to think, where does he go? Will he take a hometown discount too, by the way? This has been, if Sappho were to stay with this team and they win a Super Bowl, I think that would mean more to him than a couple extra money. You've made, he's made a good amount of money right now, but this is probably his last major contract. And he's different here too. Mike, he's 30, going to be 31. It's not like he's 27, 28, signing his prime years contract. He's pretty much halfway through in terms of his prime years. What do you do if you're that guy at 30? I guess I'm taking it back to you because I didn't when you when the Rams when you, you, you ugh, I can't get the words out when you and the Rams parted weren't you close to thirty years old? Well, I was twenty seven, going on twenty seven. But one of the things I kind of had some some, some contract disputes. Uh, again, where's my value? And I'm like, hey man, I'm basically been a six year starter here and at play consistently special teams a whole. You know, so I felt like, hey, I should. But it wasn't until free agency, and it was interesting. Uh, years later, at a, a charity golf event, uh, Mr. John Shaw, we're chopping it up and talking, and he kind of said, "Hey, Mike, you did well. You know, we would have never signed you for what you got with Miami." And I go, "Hey, you know, appreciate it." But the thing is, you got to think. You, there's a guy out there named Jackie Slater mm-hmm. who played into his forties. Okay, and so in alignment, unless you have a major like knee injuries and things, you can play. It's like, you know, Mr. Andrew Whitworth, you can play into your mid to late 30s at the O line because, you know, the schemes, you know, the tricks of the trade, you know, the guys who, you know, how to block them or, you know, you know, the system, you know, even if you are, quote unquote, lose a step, if you will. But at guard, because you're more inside, guys aren't really rushing. You know, they're doing more A-gap stunts and different things like that. But it would seem like you you can play a lot longer. Now, if they're wanting you to get out and pull a lot and do things like that, okay, maybe it's a speed factor thing that comes into play. But I would say Roger's still somewhat in his prime at 30 at an O-line position at guard. Well, the only thing with Rodgers still is the fact that in his, in his at his age thirty, he's probably been through more injuries than most offensive linemen. That's one issue for him. The second issue for him really is again at age thirty, though. Where would you? Where would you? Are you going for your big contract now, or is that time gone at age thirty? That's kind of uh, what I'm asking. Again, really, that again, it depends on the team. It depends on the situation and it depends on, you know, scheme and what they want you to do. Uh, And again, that's why free agency for some guys. I mean, we see it every year. We see a guy that we go, okay, he's a good player. But and then you see him walk away with another team with some monster contract. and You go like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Or sometimes with the team that they're on, you know, wow, I didn't see that coming because it's timing with this whole free agency market. 
So I don't know where the Rams are, and I don't know how much they reviewed the O-line for the season, but they've gone through and they're rating their O-line, and they're going to say maybe Roger Saffold is our number one lineman for our team. I don't know. Well, here, just some other information, too. For the guards that are signed for next year, okay, that's from the top, Zach Martin at 14 mil, Andrew Norwell at 13.3, Kevin Zeitler for Cleveland, 12 mil. Um, I'm not even going to try this young man's name from, from the Raiders, <laughs> 11.7. Trey Turner from the Panthers, Gabe Jackson from the Raiders. Of all these guards, top 10, top 10, only two of them were on a playoff team this year. Only two of them. That tells you about how teams are building their rosters a bit. If I go a bit a step further, only four of the top 15 guards were in the playoffs this year in terms of pet. Right, and, and, and there you go because one of the things you we don't know, I don't know what his family situation is like, you know, do you have kids that are in school and, and they like the school that they're in? Uh, does your wife, if you're married, like the neighborhood or your significant other? Uh, the neighborhood and everything that's going on, that plays a, a role as well. And then it comes down to a numbers game. So what the agent will say, hey, Roger, I've been talking to these these guys. We can get this or we can get that. Or he may be saying, Hey, I like it here. My family loves it here. Let's see how high the Rams will go and what the deal is because it sometimes comes down to where you're comfortable, you know. And if you're not someone that's just chasing the dollar, then what you're looking for is what's fair. And so, go ahead. Yeah. I and mean, there's just part of me that's thinking, Mike, it's part of me thinking, you know what? You left once for Oakland. This was years ago. And. The Rams didn't bet an eye at bringing him back. And they showed him that loyalty to, despite all the injury concerns. around. And he rewarded them for that. They reward each other, basically. They trust each other. He could, he could wind up, if he stays at the Rams, he could be one of the great Rams in, the, in this team's history. He might not be a Hall of Famer one day. I doubt he will be. He'll be a very good player. He's a very good player. Um, but... He will be one of those guys we look at at Rams Fest every year, wanting to talk to him, and, and a guy who would probably be, who get a, get a job in the organization for years afterwards, just because of what he's meant to the franchise. And I have to think that someone's told him that that's that's, that's in the back of his head is you know, in terms of you've already been here for so long, you matter, and you know what people want you back, stay. That's. He, yeah, and all those things play into the the absolute decision on whether you go or whether you stay. And having having that idea that he's already went somewhere, didn't work out, came back, and it's working out, that may play a bigger role into what he ultimately decides. Mm-hmm. But I think just in negotiation and having been in you know players and – most of the time, you, if if someone comes with something that's really fair, you're going to really think about it because, again, do you really want to move? No. Do you really want to go to another team? No, unless you're, you know, you don't like it there anymore. But 
you got so many good things, whether it's the weather, whether it's ultimately the schools, uh, where a lot of these families live and, and kids go to school, you know, or just the consistency, you know, the scheme. Mm-hmm. People don't understand when you're switching teams or even if you're getting different offensive and defensive coordinators every year, most of those coordinators have a different scheme. Very seldom do you keep getting to run uh, uh, run the same scheme when it's different teams or different. You may run something, a version of, but you got to learn a new terminology and how they call one play. It may be similar in the play, but now you got to learn all the terminology. You got to learn all the new checks. So there's adjustment. Do guys do it? Absolutely. That's part of your job. But if it comes down to, you know, a few cents, you're not going to just uproot everything and go. So my assumption is the Rams, if they really want him, they're going to make a bona fide offer that he'll say, oh, yeah, this is good. I'm staying. But, you know, obviously, if they try to lowball or or make him feel somewhat insulted, he's going to be like, man, see, these guys are playing games. So I, I just think the way Coach McVay and how the offense has been running, it's just now about making a few tweaks. You know what I mean? And that's I, – but I would think Saffle would probably be in that tweak. And <laughs> don't let him go. That's your guy. <laughs> right. All right. So I mean, it's obvious I'm a, I'm a Saffle proponent. You know, it's weird. Five years ago, years ago, I've been like, you know what? He's got to go. He's just too hurt, too hurt all the time. I like the guy, but too hurt. And you know what? The team trusted him, and he trusted the team, and it wound up being very good for the Rams the last five years. All right, folks. We have. I, you know what? I cannot believe how much we talked in this about just these two free agents over the course of this podcast. I had so much here for you in terms of free agent options. And I haven't even got to to our sponsorship read tonight. And wow, so good conversation earlier with Mike. Do want to remind you that most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. So if you do want to read more, learn more about the Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's Hollywood's Teen Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Those are long before my days, folks, by the way. Mike, that was long before your days, even. Or was it not? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. some time ago. Check yeah, out the wow. Sun Story. Well, yeah. Check out the Sun Story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norman Van Brocklin, Elroy, Chrysler's Hirsch, Tom Fierce, and Les Richter. In this story, spend the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at HollywoodsTeam.com and on Twitter at HollywoodsTeam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And folks, I now know, i talked to Jim here, the paperback is coming out on September 6th. So if you're the old school, you like your paperbacks, September 6th, we'll be promoting that as the time gets closer. All proceeds, listen, this is important, really important. All proceeds go to Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. It's a charity that is really working hard to get people who have fallen with gangs out of it and into a new life for themselves. Okay, this is Jim's chosen charity. That's who he donates to. And it's a really, really, really good um, place to, if you want to really help somebody out, that's, that's a place to do it, okay? 
Homeboy Industries. Okay, I've read cover to cover. I, you know, I gotta buy Mike a book here. I gotta get Mike a book. You'll read it, right, Mike? I will. I will. <laughs> Absolutely. It's getting late. You fall asleep over there. You're no, just <laughs> I'm just thinking about all this. This free agency talk, it's, it's got me really thinking about like, wow, man, this team could be significantly different. It could be. I mean, we, you know, we, it really could be. Okay, but before we go there, folks, trust me, check it out. Hall was seeing grit, glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawkins. Worth your time. Okay, well, he'll hear me out. This is what I think the Rams have to do. Okay, this is my opinion. It's as an, as informed as I am, I'm still just one person who's not in the front office. I, I'm not watching all the film they are. Just just the observer, the guy who watches as much as I can. They know the real deal. Okay, I believe this team has to get Roger Saffold and Dexter Fowler back under contract. Okay, I believe they have to release Mark Barron. Not because I have a problem with Barron. It's just that the cap relief you get for letting him go makes a huge difference. And he was not that offense, uh, that not offensive, but not that um, he just wasn't that effective. And against the Ron matter of fact, Pro Football Focus had him as 90th this year for linebackers against the run, 90th. And actually, he was our top ranked, our top ranked run stopper in uh, 2018 as by a Pro Football Focus. Also, my last thing here is. Is work with the Sue to see if he'd be willing to take a, a pay cut to stay a little longer. Those are my three things, uh, my four things I think have to happen. What do you think? And this again, this is just your opinion. Uh, you know, we're not here to uh, profess that we are the ultimate experts in everything, but you're a guy with knowledge. You you played the game. You've been following the scene for a long time. If you're the Rams right now, what are your steps? I just gave you mine. Well, I'm going to agree with you on, uh, you know, Mark, just kind of, you know, I understand making a change from safety linebacker uh, and maybe another year he improves even a little bit more. uh, But I don't know when you're playing linebacker, usually kind of have the instincts or not. Uh, But if I'm if it's me. I'm going to try to make sure we got Sue back, you know, some way, somehow, only because, you know, now he's been in the system a year, you know, now all these other things are just kind of out of the way, you know, as much as people are professional and much as they want to uh, come and make an impact, sometimes it's just tough, new guy on the team, you're making a lot of adjustments, time zones, just, just different things. Uh, but I would think that next year he would be really back to the old Sue, uh, not so much getting penalties and things like that, but really being <laughs> dominant, you know. And well, so, he's not going to try kick that dude in the head next year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. You know, I, I, you know, I think some of that just not so much got blown out of proportion. But you know, guys playing with fire, and, and unfortunately, stuff that's happening in the trenches is hard to see. Unless, you know, you're just down in there. Nevertheless, I just think he's a, a key component. Uh, I know Aaron Donald's going to do what he does. But when you got sued, that acts absolutely kind of lets you do a little bit more. And again, now you're second year in the system. You know, now whatever, you know, you trying to kind of still play your old way. Now you kind of see 
how the system works, you know, a little bit more. And now you can go into the off season knowing how to make adjustments already for the upcoming season, you know, so that's, that's definitely a play. Definitely. I got to get, I got to get some backer help though. You know, nothing against my guys, but, uh, I got to get some backer help. And, and, and I think Mark might be odd man out. Okay. So I mentioned, I mentioned Saffold and Fowler must get under contract. Uh, release Baron use and uh, I mentioned work on Sue trying to trying to still take a pay cut. You mentioned Baron, you mentioned Sue. Anybody else that you think it's a you know it's definitive things that have to happen right now? Well, I I, I know uh, Corey I, he should be under contract for a little bit, but you know when you look just kind of at age, obviously Dante Fowler came over mid year right, and then uh, you know young guy. And, and, and showed himself effective. But, yeah, I think you got to get some someone in there uh, because you're going to have games you need to stop the run. And so you got to have a guy who can really stop the run and cover as well uh, in the scheme. Again, you know, Wade's now been here. The scheme's been here now consistently. So now you're just going to get kind of pieces, and hopefully as you're drafting and – Doing those things, you're getting guys prepared, even though they may not be a starter now. But those guys should be getting prepared that they'll be a starter one day. That's what the great teams do. Okay, so that takes us to free agency. Now, there are a couple guys out there who are are interesting, I think. And time we have some time constraints today, so we'll only get to a couple of these guys. But in terms of linebackers, there are two names that keep coming up that the Rams are being associated with. And NFL.com's Google Brant wrote about Anthony Barr. And, quote, this is what he had to say. And, again, quote uh, from Gil Brant, This is a bad time for the four-time Pro Bowler and former first-round pick to become a down year. He missed three games with the Vikings in 2018 because of injury, struggled with one-on-one pass coverage, and finished with the lowest tackle rate of his career, five-year career. He still he turns 27 in March, so it should have a robust market for his skills, even if he's not a top-tier pass rusher. He's good against the run. It would make sense in his hometown, key words, folks, hometown of Los Angeles, given the Rams' difficulty stopping the run last season. They ranked 23rd in run defense. Yes, Los Angeles tightened things up in the playoffs, but consider that Barr was pro football focus's 18th highest-graded linebacker against the run last season when the Rams' highest-graded linebacker is Mark Barron, who checked in at number 90. Okay, so that's Anthony Barr, former UCLA guy. He's a Los Angeles hometown guy. The Rams did torch him. Man, they really torched him in their meeting this year at the Vikings, but we already know he's not strong in pass coverage. That's one option that keeps being brought up. And then there's Brandon Marshall. Just He's going to be released by the Broncos here in March. They've already announced it. What we know about him, same thing. He's solid against the run. He's poor in coverage, but he knows Wade's system. Oh, and by the way, he's been injured. He suffered injuries in two of the last three years. So to me, it's very similar to Anthony Barr. Well, those two guys, do they make sense to you? I mean, that seems to be what we're seeing lots of the experts talking about as two possible fits for the Rams. Well, it's interesting because Anthony Barr is more along a Dante Fowler. He's like a hand down, I'm coming off the edge guy. 
whereas Brandon, you know, he's more of a true inside linebacker, which that's where I think we really need the help at. The thing is with Anthony, know him a little bit personally, man, great kid. And the reason why he got drafted so high was his play on the field. It will be interesting because this is where the doctors and other people come into play on, you know, the injuries, you know, what type of toll has it taken? What, you know, what, because they can literally say if he's had any injury, oh, well, he's got another good four or five years based on, you know, modern technology, training, so on and so forth. Uh, or they say, man, he's he's only really got two years. You know, these are the doctors and things like that. You never know because I play with a guy, James Washington, who came in the league who wasn't supposed to even make it and ended up having a great eight, nine year, ten, you know, two time pro or well, two time Super Bowl champion would ended up playing with Dallas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, first year he came in knee brace and wasn't even supposed to be playing and ended up making a, a nice career. So it comes down to that individual. But if I had to flip a coin or not even flip a coin, but be a betting man, I would say Wade is going to go with a guy he's already coached unless he knows something about him and goes, no, we don't really want this guy. He won't fit in the locker room. I think I think Brandon will probably cost a little less, too. Than yeah, and, and getting back to the whole – yeah, getting back to the whole cap thing, this is where the numbers start – you know, dictating on who's coming, who's leaving, and all those things. So it's going to be interesting again, you know, where are they going to spend the money or maybe, you know, they're trying to do something. The only good thing about someone coming off an injury, you usually can work a little bit better deal, put their money maybe in incentives and things like that where they go, okay, cool. But I know Anthony, uh, just knowing a little bit, he probably would love to be back out here uh, where he actually had some of his best football. Well, just out of curiosity, you mentioned Anthony, and, and like you, you, how do you know him? Well, some years back when he was at uh, UCLA, you know, I was still uh, in the financial planning world, and uh, me and a partner at the time, we kind of, uh, met with him and just, you know, got to know him a little bit. Uh, just a good young man. You know, he ended up, uh, you know, going a different direction. But, you know, we're kind of just looking at him to be a good guy to to be part of uh, the group of uh, representing him on, on financial aspects of things. But a uh, good young man and, and you know, did, has done some great things, haven't heard anything off the field. So, uh, but again, you come off an injury. There's a little bit more motivation to prove that you're the guy that that went high in the draft. So a couple more options here, guys, that we'll talk about. But here it's almost been an hour. We've kept you long enough. We do want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, before we go, though, we do want to ask you to check us out again on Twitter, Talk Rams on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Mr. Stewart at 1Duke23. Don't forget it's an iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all those places. And if you want to sponsor us, reach out to us, ranstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. It will be you know, a great option uh, for us. To, we'd love to partner with you. Let's talk. 
Let's talk some business. Mike, before we go, any final thoughts as we really dig into to free agency? My only final thoughts is, man, it's going to be interesting uh, these next couple weeks, months leading up to the draft, you know, with a free agency and then the draft, you know, all these good things. But uh, I'm, I'm sure the Rams have a game plan and, and they'll be on it really quick. All right, so for me, I am really interested, again, in one key. I think the, the domino here is, is Saffle, whether they do a Saffle. I think we'll know a lot with him. If, if he signs, we know the money's going to be limited. They're going to be picky and choosy. If he doesn't sign, they're going to be more open in different areas. So watch Saffle. Okay, for Mike and the rest of the Rams Talk team, we are out of here. We'll see you. I'll see you later on this week. We'll see Michael. Next Sunday night, back here, yes, same sir. bat time, same bat channel with his beautiful new, <laughs> with his new, with his beautiful new microphone. Have a great one, everybody. Good night. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.